Good afternoon, everyone. This is Jen Fry for the Organization of Nature Evolutionaries, and I'd like to welcome you to our Becoming a Nature Evolutionary Teleseminar series, where we delve deeply into what it means to be a nature evolutionary through dynamic explorations into consciousness raising that is at the core of one's vision of a world where people and nature are co-creative partners and all life has the right to thrive. Thank you to our members and donors for making possible today's teleseminar feeling deeply nourished through earth element medicine with Kendra Ward. Kendra Ward, whose pronouns are she, her, and hers, is a practitioner of traditional Chinese medicine with advanced training in therapeutic essential oils, flower essences, shamanic journeying, practical animism, and ancestral healing. Kendra's primary teachers are the land where she lives, her lifelong meditation and spiritual practices, and the complex, honest, radiant human beings she has been fortunate to hold sacred space for in her healing practice. Her writing has appeared in Yes Magazine, The Elephant Journal, Rebel Society, We Moon, and elsewhere. And her passion is teaching and writing about rewilding healthcare through remembering our intimate belonging to the living world. If you'd like to learn more about Kendra, you can uh, visit her website at kendraward.com. So Kendra, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Jen. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic been... to be here with you. Thanks. It's a delight to have you. So um, we're heading into this very special time of year um, of balance <laughs> and, and um, fall in the, at least the Northern Hemisphere, autumn. So um, I know we wanna talk about earth element today, but could you give us a brief overview of the five Chinese elements anyways? Yes, well, we'll definitely talk about the five elements just so everyone has a little bit of a grounding in the system of it. But I thought that I would encourage you all first to get a little extra comfortable, get your tea. This is about nourishment. Yeah. And I just love, I'm just relishing and seeing everyone's beautiful faces. Um, so I thought that we would just give thanks first, mm. give thanks for the causes and conditions that led us to be here together right now. I give thanks for all of you for being here with me. And um, I thought we would just, just give a little thanks to, to where we are at this moment right now, because that's really what today's talk is all about. It's all about just really tuning in to where we are in this moment. So just taking a nice big breath into your seat, getting nice and comfortable. And maybe we'll start with a little bit of Zoom Qigong just to get ourselves connected. So um, I'm gonna have you bring your hands together and just rub them a little bit and feel into that friction. Just that gentle, doesn't need to be super vigorous, just that little bit of friction. And then we're gonna go ahead and press our hands out to our outer zoom boxes and just feel into the fields, the connection between all of us that's being created and strengthened right now. 
And so just, just feet pressing into the, the boundaries of this, which is also the boundaries of your own field, feeling into your field, feeling into our growing field together. Taking a nice big breath here together. And then we're gonna go ahead and gather the energy back up and find our chi ball and just feel so without bringing our hands together, we're just gonna feel some of the energy that's already created this way. And then from here, we're gonna go ahead and tilt the chi ball until we take one hand above and one hand below. And I'm gonna go a little bit off screen here and just feeling into that lower hand, that lower hand is connecting down and tuning into the land beneath you. And we're beginning to tune into the spirit of this land, whether it's the land where you live or just the land where you are right now. We're tuning into the, the health of this land. All of its ancestry, all that it knows, the land is this great first generation primordial power that to some degree our human minds just can't even comprehend. So just, just really giving thanks to this land. And then that upper hand is pressing upwards just a little bit and we're tuning into the sky, the clouds, this, this inner sky first, the, the land of the, the cloud beings, that sky nation, giving thanks for weather and the moodiness and the transformational quality of it. And that it's a reminder that every day we get to wake up and reinvent ourselves, that things are, there's this freshness and this freedom. And then we're tuning into that outer layer, the stars and the cosmos, feeling into all of the energy from above, all the energy below, and we're gonna pull them back together again feeling into the energy, the energy of that chi ball. And then we're gonna actually tilt, if you can go the other way, if I'm not totally confusing you yet. And we're gonna push back the other way. And same thing, we're gonna tune into the universes below, the universes above. And this time we're gonna just feel into our natural belonging in these fields of being. We're gonna tune into the fact that we are not centralizing ourselves as humans in this story, but instead we're feeling into this complex, ever-changing field of entanglement. So we are just entangled in the complexity and beauty of everything. And then we're gonna go ahead and pull it back in feeling into the energy that's been gathered. And then we're gonna go ahead and put our hands on our bellies. So one hand above and one hand below your navel. I'm just taking a few big breaths here because this is really what we're talking about today. We're talking about our centers. We're talking about Grounding, what does it mean to ground in ungrounded times? So for now, just feeling the energy gathered, feeling your body absorbing it, taking a nice big breath here.
And we will continue, we'll, we'll tune back into our bellies in this really embodied way again in a little bit. But for now, we're just, you can either keep your hands here as I talk or you can kind of rest them on your lap. But hopefully we're continuing to use this type of practice as a way to heal the wounds of separation, just becoming more and more aware of the words and the language and, and the ways that we keep thinking are the way that we think keeps us outside of life in a way. So just, I'm always looking for ways for us to remember and to enter uh, these portals, these gateways into our inherent belonging and living a little closer to the natural rhythms, the moon cycles, the seasons, the transfer, the transformational cycling and spiraling of things. It, it really helps. Um, why does this matter really? Why does it matter for us to do this? Well, I feel like it, it means that we push the river of our lives just a little bit less. So it causes us to ask, how can I express my Tao, my original nature, my inherent divine uh, heavenly mandate or my sacred instructions? However, whatever the verbiage you want to use for that, how can I express these things without so much effort? How can I let life flow through me with a, a willingness instead of such a willfulness all the time. So I feel like the five elements are this really beautiful and easy portal for us to engage with a sense of reciprocity and availability that perhaps living through the five elements and living like feeling them within us that we waste a little bit less energy pushing the river of our lives. So so back to Jen's question of like, what, what, what does this mean, five elements exactly? So the five elements are really at the soul of Eastern medicine. And they're this way of understanding the fundamental unfolding of everything in the universe. So these old primordial powers shape our body's health and internal ecosystem. They act as this doorway through which we can come to remember that we are an embodiment of nature's cycles. So consciously working with the medicine of each element can help us move through the larger phases of our lives with more resiliency and equanimity. So right now, according to the five elements, <clears throat> which I consider really the study of birth, death, and transformation, we are in earth element time, which is really significant considering that most people in Western civilization have some kind of challenge or imbalance with the earth element. So we'll talk about that in a little bit, but each element is associated with a variety of things. And I'm not really going to get into a lot of detailed information. This isn't a scholarly study of the, the earth element, but just know that, you know, that it can get really detailed. So there's associations with certain body areas, certain meridians, colors, smells, flavors, sounds, even the psycho-spiritual evolutionary processes in a way. So very soon we are going to be moving into the metal element of fall. We're really on the cusp of moving into this next element. And um, the fall is very much about falling back towards the earth. The way that the rest of the cycle goes is that then we'll move into water time, uh, winter time, um, this time of deep rest and stillness. 
And then from there, we move into wood time when everything begins to sprout and strongly move upwards out of the earth. And then finally, we come to fire time, which is that time of long, active days, lots of sunlight, a lot of young energy. And then, of course, back to late summer. I love the fact that late summer is its own season in Eastern medicine. It's its, its own. It's, it's entirely its own thing. Um, so oftentimes our culture wants to kind of push against this cycle of transformation in the way that we eat or live. So for example, we might eat the fruits of summer or we might keep the hours and activity of the summer deep into the winter time. So it feels like this culture tries to persuade us to just keep up this same pace all year long, that we're using our energy and interacting with our external world the same way all the time. And that's just not the way that it works. And it's a way that we waste a lot of energy, actually. So um, I that's that's really like a glossing over of the five elements, but just to give you like a little bit of a, an entry point. But I would just say that um, personally, I'm, um, I struggle with overly protocolized, boxed up ways of understanding things. And so I would just say that after years of working with the five elements, there are these layers of nuance and complexity that only come with just a continued exploration and deep listening. And so it, it's, it's important to remember that these cycles don't exist in isolation, that they're existing entirely upon their relationships with each other, and um, that, they, that none of it matters without the others, like none of it matters without the relation, relationality of it. So for example, like particularly with the earth element, you know, we've got the energy of fire that moves into the earth and then the earth element right now, we're gonna move into metal energy and it's all really intertwined. It's sort of like, we don't talk about the heart energy center without really remembering its connections to, to everything, of course, but like particularly to the throat and the solar plexus, you know? So just really remembering the, the complexity and the layeredness of, of all of it and, um, I would caution around trying to oversimplify and um, like over isolate each element. So um, I'm happy to keep going, but I didn't know if you had any questions. Uh, so I'm just, well, um, first of all, thank you for that. That's a beautiful explanation um, or beautiful description of them, I guess, overview of them. Um, but when you talk about deep listening, I, what brings to my mind is that these also aren't just theoretical concepts, right? They're based on the natural world too and what is happening in nature. And so particularly yes. when you're saying that, you know, we have this tendency of keeping the same rhythms all year long and then wondering why we're so exhausted. Um, so it, it is just kind of taking our cues from nature as well um, yes. and following what's happening. So perhaps you'd like to expand or? Yeah, indeed. Well, I'd like to, I'd like us all to just take a moment to orient with where we are right now. So just taking a nice big breath because it's really, really easy 
especially this time of year. I mean, other times of year too, but but I feel like this time of year in particular can just rush on by us. Like it can be really easy to suddenly be like, oh, everything, all the colors are here already. And, you know, we, we get kind of surprised by, oh, fall is here already. It's, it's zoomed on right by us. Um, so it's, it feels really nice to just tune in a little bit to what's, what's happening, what's happening around us. What is the natural world telling and showing us right now? Um, I live in Vermont, what is known as Vermont right now. And I've been watching um, the field goldenrods kind of getting a little brown, but the woodland goldenrods are nice and perky and bright still. Um, I'm watching the asters, especially purple asters, just in there, just talking up a storm and in their heyday. Um, I've even heard geese at night, which is sort of unusual. So geese during the day, geese at night. Um, and then just all the other, like all the things that are, all those other cues, um, the, those red maple leaves turning and the grass growing very, very slowly and my children asking for soup. So, um, you know, you might just, just take a moment to reflect on what are, what's talking around you? You know, what are you noticing around you? Um, just using those cues and the way that the living world is, is speaking loudly, the same, the same way actually that our bodies can speak to us, but it's only through a quiet listening that we actually pick up on those cues and we, we pick up on the, the hints and the, um, the wisdom that our body, you know, or that has so, it has so much of. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like the animals know, the plants know, the sun knows, the moon knows. So just having it be this lovely practice of letting these beings and forces take the lead, you know, so letting someone else lead the global story, um, that, you know, just catching the way that we're always centralizing ourselves um, and that the energy that we're leading with is very fast. It's a very fast moving energy. So how can we slow down? How can we let someone else lead. Um, so it feels like there's this deep stillness that is coming. We know that it's coming, but the busyness of harvest time is, you know, it's keeping us, it's keeping us in this busy energy for a little while longer, because we know that we must harvest. If you are a farmer or a homesteader or know a farmer or a homesteader, you know, knowing that the time is short, um, so this is a gathering time. We're eating the bounty of late summer. We are digesting. So another really good question to ask ourselves this time of year is, how am I digesting my world? Physically, mentally, emotionally, and all of the links in between. How am I assimilating my world? So on the physical level, we might tune into our mouths, our stomach, our spleen, our pancreas, our blood sugar levels. So these are the systems in the body that relate to transformation and transportation throughout the body. So, so transforming and transporting what we put in and then using it well. 
So often a little reset is needed for our bellies this time of year um, after eating too many sweet or raw foods during the summer. Um, maybe this is a time of year where we really purposely engage with cooking, lightly cooking our foods just a little bit more, making it easier to digest. Um, maybe we're slowing down how we're eating, we're chewing longer, we're really re-engaging with tasting our food. Perhaps we are really just taking a moment to sit with what's on our plate um, and to just connect with those animal or plant beings um, and, and just wondering about their lives, wondering about um, how they were, how they grew in the, in the time that they were living, um, wondering about their own story that maybe involved domestic domestication, maybe thinking about their, their family, their ancestral history, like really taking the time to tune in to their energy and their life um, and giving thanks this way, giving thanks for the, their life force and how it will add to your own life force. So we might eat the most gorgeous organic food in the world, but if it passes right on through us um, without us really receiving fully, I mean, this is something that I see a lot, you know, where there's someone's eating really high quality food, but if someone's digestive um, energy and organs are, are really weak, then there's not much chi as part of that transformation and, and transportation process. So not, very much is really getting deeply absorbed in a way. So um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the kind of the psycho-emotional qualities, but I realized I'm just going to plug in my computer real fast here. I don't want to lose you. So in terms of the mental, emotional. Um, the psycho-spiritual sort of mental aspect of how we're digesting our world. Um, we might just remember that digestion comes in all sorts of ways. So we're, we're digesting all sorts of stimulus all of the time like news and screen time, social interactions, um, digesting our relationships, digesting other forms of information and experience. So thinking about these foods, so to speak, they're still kind of food, they're still input to us and asking, are these things nourishing me well? Or are they just sort of like junk food? You know, are they just something that maybe tastes good, especially something like gossip, you know, or maybe it like it tastes good in the moment, but actually leaves you kind of hungover or bloated or malnourished, disgruntled in a way. Um, so I think that it's good to ask and wonder if we have enough support and skills and practices to digest everything well, especially at this moment in time. So sometimes we might need a little reset. We might need a little information fast. Um, I've been doing this myself lately and just taking a little bit of a kind of computer, social media fast. Um, and I notice this immediately, I be very, become very aware of the change in my body and my, my field I feel 
lighter. I feel like I have to clear less. I just feel things are just moving better. And, um, you know, just really feeling into the addictive and unhelpful nature of some of these information pathways. So one of the shadow sides of the earth element is stagnation. So stagnation comes when there is a lack of flow or when we hold on to things or when there is this psycho spiritual phlegm from unfinished business or from not fully processing our feelings. And it relates to one of the prevailing kind of like what, what really comes up a lot with earth element energy, which is worry. So worry, in a sense, is sort of like a, a psychological naughtiness. You know, if you really feel into the quality and energy of it, it knots us all up and leaves us in, in, in action. Um, so poor boundaries, brooding, looping obsessively, thinking for thinking's sake without any sense of deeper resolution, is like we're just chewing on the same mouthful of food forever without ever swallowing it down in a sense, you know? So just as we might experience a sluggish physical digestion, we might also struggle with a psycho spiritual phlegm, hanging on to unfinished business or what in some um, practices might even be considered like ghosts, you know, just unfinished business. Um, it can really show up in this unconscious believing that I am not enough to nourish others and life is not enough to nourish me. So when the earth element is in balance and we feel satisfied and satiated, when we feel like we can incorporate moderation easily, when we feel like we have good boundaries in terms of taking care of others and taking care of us. This is really like the kind of the hallmarks of when the earth energy is, is flowing well and in good balance. So the archetype of this is what we'd associate with the divine mother. So it's associated with nurturance and sustaining and loving on all levels. It's associated with generosity and fertility and abundance, kind of like an uncomplicated breast of warm milk. Like that's really what I think of. I think of like that mother-child gaze and it really doesn't get, I mean, granted there's some oxytocin involved there probably, but it really doesn't get any more gorgeous and relaxed and in trust than that. You know, it might be the most in trust we feel out like out of the womb once we leave the womb, you know, once we, once we leave the, the safety of the womb. So really that's, that's, the, that's the full energetic nature of it. When the earth element is out of balance, we run into the archetype of the smother mother. So I don't know why mother uh, examples came up for me. This is not a commentary. We love our mothers and we respect mothering, but the smother mother is sort of like what happens when there's this suffocating, cloying, heavy, chronically worried or unsatisfied energy. Um, it's like being forced to eat beyond fullness. It's when we're, our every move is watched and analyzed and our whole life is commented on and micromanaged. Um, 
because what does that really lead to? It leads to frustration and stagnation and a longing to burst free in our lives. So, so this really gets to the question, you know, how do we nourish ourselves well? What does true nourishment look like? And um, to me, it feels like there, there's just a gazillion ways to seek mediocre nourishment, right? There's, there's so much of that available to us. We live in, in sort of like that hungry ghost, like empty God land in our, in our Western civilization. We, we struggle, you know, with just sort of having everything available all the time. Um, and it leads to really this, this boredom um, and a, a real lack of deep nourishment in essence. Um, so it feels like it can be more challenging than we might even realize to connect with what genuinely enrich, enriches our lives, right? What, what generally, genuinely deeply satiates us. So it feels like there's so many ways to skim the surface of things in people and food and images and entertainment and the environments that we choose, but it's not so easy necessarily to, to tune into what truly nourishes us. We're not given a lot of skills oftentimes, um, unless we really have purposely, consciously kind of asked some of these questions before, because we're so overly fixated and taught to seek out, have it all be about these external sources of nutriment. So taking and extracting, it's like taking, extracting, taking for ourselves without focusing on sort of this soul level nutrition to fill our deep inner needs. Um, so, you know, returning to this, returning to this place of deep connection over and over again, like this longing to weave and reweave back into our inner lives. Um, and I feel like what we find here is this deep well of contentment. It's like earth energy in balance, this fullness in our bellies and our hearts, maybe without even having taken in very much or eaten very much. It's this richness that goes beyond anything that we can find on that material realm, this deep inherent enoughness in our lives. So we, it feels like the static of the material world is just, a, it's a constant, constant distraction to the frequencies of the living world that are always available to us to restore sanity and to provide this entry point, this gateway into our original nature. So it's, it's always available to us because of the nature with which it's always vibrating. It's always moving at that frequency. Um, so just, just remembering that because we just forget. Um, so it feels essential also when it comes to uh, nourishing ourselves that we remember to nourish ourselves beyond just the human realm. It feels really important to expand out our sense of relational intimacy so that going to the mother oak is just as nourishing as going to your neighbor for help. Um, that there's so many ways of belonging and that it's, it feels essential to, to make an effort to break some of that cultural patterning in which, 
you know, when we're lonely, we feel like our only options are to go to our therapist or cry alone in the shower. It's like, no, 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 it doesn't have to be that way. Um, that there's, there's so much available to us at all times that we are, if we expand out this relational intimacy and this diversity of relationship, we remember that there's so much more available to us. So it feels like more than ever, we are tasked to sort of up our games with all of this right now. Um, it feels like more than ever, being mindful about what we're consuming is really what's up. Um, so, you know, also recognizing um, that we are, that we can, that worry and kind of allowing some of the shadow sides of earth energy, um, that it can really drain and suck our, the energy from our, our energy field. So really inhabiting our energy fields, basking in our own inherent complete energy all of the time, um, instead of that of like the new stream or a stressed out friend, um, that again and again, we can reset our own energy and inhabit in a way the vision we want to hold for the world. So I, I mentioned that the truth is that it feels like many, many people living in our modern culture have some degree of earth element imbalance just by the sheer nature of what we are tasked to process and consume. We're just, it's crazy at what rate, you know, at, it, it's unprecedented what we're, what we're bringing into our, our bodies and our eyeballs and our brains and our hearts. Um, so it feels like for this reason, that it feels, it feels particularly appropriate to have a little bit of extra special attention and care brought to that earth element um, energy within us. Working with it in a more conscious and purposeful way feels really important right now. So one thing that I like to do is to just engage our animal bodies in this conversation. So when we move from our thinking and analyzing selves, I've done a lot of jabbering, um, but instead moving into our wise hearts. Um, and it feels so right at this moment, it feels like a good time to ask our animal bodies, what does this late summer, this earth element energy feel like in me? How is it being, how's it showing itself? What is it feeling like in my flesh, in me, in my heart? So instead of trying to mentally figure that out. So we might mentally like observe things, but, you know, tuning in in a more embodied way, you know, what does, what does my animal body have to say about this? What does my embodied sense have to say? How is it living in me? So why don't you just take a nice big breath and we're just gonna plant the seed of this question in our hearts. And sometimes in the process of doing this, there is nothing that really immediately wants to arise. So something, sometimes in the process of doing this, I'll find that it's something that's just, it's a seed slowly growing and it doesn't really reveal itself for quite a little while. And there's, there's actually a variety of ways that we can engage our more embodied sense, our more animal, our animal bodies into this conversation. We could plant the seed of this question and then we could 
dance it out. We could dance it out and see like what energy wants to arise in dancing out this question. Like how is the earth element showing itself in me? What am I feeling? What does my animal body know about this time of year? We could write it out. We could just write out earth energy and we could just free write for seven minutes and just see what arises kind of in that free flow uh, movement of, of pen to page. Um, we could, you know, we could, we could find, we could find all sorts of different ways. We could meditate on it. We could find all sorts of ways to just let it kind of slowly work its way through our system. So, um, but I do think that there's like a deep intuitive truth. Like when we tune into our truth core that, that might show up about this time of year, I feel like it's, a transition time. It's an open doorway to the coming decline cycle. So it feels we're a little bit on a precipice in a way. And um, to me, uh, I, you know, I have an, certain associations with this time of year and, and you might have the same. Sometimes we have an anniversary of a uh, the passing of a loved one, or we've got certain cycles already kind of deeply um, embodied in us related to like years of schooling or then our children's schooling or, um, you know, whatever it is, it's so interesting, our associations uh, with time. But I, I do find that this time of year, it, it's interesting, like the energy, just personally for myself, it, you know, that there can be a little bit of the, of a sadness of, um, of, you know, maybe what's to come. Um, but just be really honest with yourself about what you what you might feel this time of year. It can be a little bit like an approaching metaphorical death if we think about the coming winter. Um, so, you know, it, it's also a time of year when we might begin to kind of find that the the living world is telling us to slow down, and we might struggle with slowing down. It might be that push pull relationship of like watching it, seeing it, but but having trouble actually doing something different um, from this, like the, the flood and the, the push of, uh, of what our culture is doing and what's expected of us. Um, so returning to our embodied knowing, we might just go ahead and put our hands on our bellies again. So just taking a moment to, you know, get into that embodied space again. And so right now I've actually got my hands, um, not, not above and below, but sort of on either side of my navel. And I invite you to do the same. And, you know, at first we might just tune into the surface level. How does your skin feel here? Just, just connecting with your breath beginning to originate from your lower belly. And then maybe moving a little deeper from that surface level, you might greet your digestive organs here. And even though the intestines themselves are not really related to a sort of a different different for different energies, different elements, it still feels good to just like tune into our bellies, like in just a, a, a broader way. How is my belly doing 
how is this like this earth in my torso doing? Just really seeing what arises. How are you holding yourself here? Is there a buried tension? Are things flowing well? And it feels to me like this area of the body is sort of like the equinox of the body in a way. It's this balancing of light and dark, yin and yang. It is your center and your ground, your deep, rich soil. And just tuning in here, asking the question around your center. How is my center doing? With every nice big belly breath, just strengthening the energy through this area of your body. And we have so much cultural indoctr indoctrination of tightening our bellies, holding them tight. And this is just giving yourself full permission to let your belly feel as expansive and wide and gorgeous as you want it to feel. That there's no clenching, there's no holding. We're just growing the energy here. So I would invite you to just do this practice whenever you can remember. In preparation for this talk, I've been doing this a lot. Just tuning in. How does it feel here? And we're going to take it one step forward, one step further. And we're going to tune into a particular acupuncture point that is related to this area. And this point is called celestial pivot. And it's also known as, as stomach 25. So anyone who's familiar with, with that system, that's the name, that's the name and number of the point, but it translates as celestial pivot. And the reason why I love that is because um, this, this point, I'll show you where it is first. So it's, if you find your navel, you're just gonna go about two inches on either side, horizontal with your navel. So you find your navel and you go ahead and just two inches, two inches, two inches on either side approximately. So don't worry about getting it wrong. It doesn't need to be perfect. Just remembering that what matters more is that there you might find like just a little divot or just a little personal indication that you're in the right place. Or if not, you're just sort of going with a general area. So, but if you think about it, it's right in line with your navel. So thinking about it like, a horizon line. Like it's this intersection of the upper and lower spirits of the body. And this horizon line is like where the, the brilliant, more yang energy is like the sun kind of going and meeting the sea. 
the yin of the sea. So it's like, you know, thinking about this earth, this center of us, um, what's so, what is so beautiful about it. That's why I call it the equinox of the body. It's like that, it's that horizon, that, that meeting of, of both yin and yang energy. So tuning into the celestial pivot, we're right on that precipice. So the celestial pivot is like when we're pivoting to, we're going to about to pivot to the darker, deeper into the darker days. Um, so pivoting into a different kind of energy moving into our bodies and um, in the environment around us. So the, the wonderful thing about these points, just by nature of where they're located, is that they once again connect us to the archetype of the Divine Mother. So they connect us to this sense of this, this like eternal, essential um, stream of maternal nourishment, you know, so it's like this umbilical cord type of energy um, that anchors straight to Mother Earth energy. So when you touch these points, think about them as like sending cords straight to Mother Earth. They're that, it's that level of nourishment. On a, in a practical way, these points are used a lot for like digestive issues, uh, for weak chi through the belly, um, for bloating and upset and um, just all sorts of digestive organ issues. Um, so we can do all sorts of things with these points. We can just practice holding them with our intention. We can so we can massage them. We can move in a, in a kind of like a, a circular clockwise quality. We can do a little massage through our belly here. Um, we could put flower essences on them or essential oils directly, just very purposefully. Um, just to give you some examples of some, for example, like I said, uh, flower essential oils that I might think about in particular, like a lot of the warming, what you'd think about like as cooking, um, cooking oils, cooking plants. Um, so like cardamom and ginger and nutmeg, particularly if you need a little bit of extra warmth in your, in your digestive area. If you kind of run hot, you want to look for something a little bit more neutral. But my favorite, favorite oil to use here is coriander seed. Um, I, I feel like it's grounding and stabilizing and it like brings us to that divine mother energy really easily so um it's i i it's overlooked um in its simplicity but i think it's actually quite powerful and really good for like transforming phlegm and stagnation tonifying digestion um like this this the essence of like liquid mother energy moving through here so um, you certainly could do like herb infused oils on your bellies. Those are also really nice. They could have a digestive focus, or it could just be a little bit more about like gut brain connection. Um, you could use moxibustion here, Artemisia vulgaris. That's what's done traditionally with, with Eastern medicine. You might use what's called a moxa box, or you might burn a little moxa on a strip of ginger or garlic. Um, so great to do that 
particularly if there's cold in the belly, but you of course want to be working with someone who's very familiar with doing those techniques. Um, I love to use flower essences uh, actually topically on the body. Um, and of course those need to really be determined on an individual basis. And, uh, but you know, some that I think of are like wild rose or lily, like mariposa lily or uh, serrato, which is really all about our inner knowing. So listening to our guts, you know, listening to our inner knowing. Um, and then just, just good points to also use during a visualization or meditation. So um, you might use them as a connection point and entryway into working with connecting to your dirt body. So thinking about the connection between um, human and humanity, humility, humus, like all coming from that same root, um, all belonging to the ground, the soil, the earth. That's really the energy of this area of the body. So coming back to this um, honoring of the earth and the soil, the matter, the matrix, the mother, the divinity of our own fleshy bodies. So <clears throat> thinking about this area of the body um, like a vessel, um, you can really think about it like a vessel and that you always have uh, an opportunity to pour something into this vessel. So pouring in something delicious, pouring in something that leads you to a sense of full, deep satisfaction with where you are in your body and in your life right now. So maybe I'll pause there. I really wanted to give everyone a sense of how to think about the earth element in terms of their bodies and, and kind of just give you a sense of how to work with it in a, in a ongoing everyday sort of way. So, yeah. Thanks, Kendra. So um, I want to backtrack a bit because you're talking okay. about nourishing um, yeah. and knowing what nourishes ourselves. And so I'm so curious, um, what nourishes you? Ah, uh, such a good question. Um, I, I have to start, like, it's always, it's amazing how simple the things are. Like, it, it just doesn't need to be so complex. So we're nourished by what we love, right? So we're nourished by our hearts being open. We're nourished. Like, I realized that there was something I learned from you, Jen, um, and I'd heard it other places, but I remember listening to a talk you gave and um, you, it was about opening the heart, opening the field of the heart, opening the heart um, as a way, actually as a, as a, a doorway into communicating with plants mm -hmm. and like working from a different kind of language. Um, and I really feel like that's true in this instance as well. Like we nourish ourselves we wake up through relatedness and we nourish ourselves in adoration, you know, mm -hmm. so we nourish ourselves in just adoring the world around us. And mm -hmm. I have a special affinity for owls. If anyone's been to my website, you'll see that I love owls and I, um, I'm really blessed to live in a place where I hear owls almost every night. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't take that as chance. Um, I am really grateful for that connection. And I'm really nourished by, um, like, I used to think that, for, so it's, you know, barred owls are really the rulers of this, of this land where I live. And, um, and I, and I really used to only be able to tune into two of their calls. Um, but it's really through living where I'm living right now and through loving and nourishing myself through just that connection, you know, you, you realize there are so many different vocalization, uh, vocalizations that, that the owls make like, and, and so this whole world opens up uh, when you, when you listen, you know, it's like this whole world opens up just by paying deeper attention. And there's all sorts of ways. I mean, plants, working with plants, um, engaging with and loving and being in relationship with plants is like such a good example of that because it's so easy to walk by and to just be like, oh, there's some goldenrod. And, but then when you like, when you stop and you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much to pay attention to. There's so much to learn and discover. And, um, you know, it just is, it's, and it's actually really endless. Um, so I'd say that I'm, I'm really nourished by like those, those simple things, um, that, you know, it, where I'm, we're all human. So we have like, we have a certain pulls for certain things and other things. And, um, so, you know, I'm really, I'm nourished by, um, by the land that I live and, um, and, and by my son is turning 10 tomorrow. So I have to mention him and my nourishment, um, double digits. So nourished in my connections with my family as well. Of course, those human beings, we love them too. So um, just giving thanks for that as well. I could go on and on, but I think I'll, <laughs> maybe I'll pause there. Um, so I just wanna offer, if anyone else has questions for Kendra, please feel free to raise your hand or put it in the chat. And while we're waiting to see if they do, I just want to go back to that about that there's so much to discover and it's endless. And also keeping in that context of nourishment, because I, I see in some of my own students, my friends, you know, even myself sometimes, it, we get overwhelmed, right? Because there's so much about this world we don't know or we want to experience. And so that in itself we can think it's a nourishing act and it can also be draining if it's not in balance because it's like, we're, we're like the bees in the last stages of fall when they're just, you know, running from everything and not really giving time to digest that experience um, yes. as well. Yes. Yeah. And, and just, I think we really, really underestimate how much we're digesting all the time. So I think just starting there and, um, you know, if you kind of cut yourself some slack and we, we, I mean, just in terms of the under, we so underestimate how much we're, we're moving through our bodies, through our energy bodies, through our physical bodies. We really just, just holding ourselves with a sense of grace and compassion around that because it's profound. It's happening in a, in a pretty, in a deluge pretty much all of the time. And so um, good reason to just go lightly with yourself um, and, and to cut back further than you think you might need to cut back because you're already dealing with so much. Um, right. 
So, you know, that's, I'm talking on the physical level, like keeping your meals really light, um, you know, just like you probably need to eat less than you think you do. Um, and just, you know, really lightening all of that up. Um, and then just in terms of all of the, the mental emotional realm, you know, just really, really trying to be very purposeful in what you're inviting in. Um, and because it's all extra stuff that you're digesting when you, whatever you're inviting in, in those relationships. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I was, um, I think it was the last article that you wrote for one, you were talking about how sometimes you go to rock when you are stone, I think you call them. Um, and it is that, so when that adoration, again, it's part of that is the slowness, right? And um, I had the same experience with uh, Stone a couple years ago. It was actually through a one class. We were called to work with a different being and I was so shocked that it was this stone in the middle, well, big rock really, in the middle of the stream at Pam's place. And, mm. and it's such a different energy and really does encourage us to just slow down and remember because Stone moves at such a different speed than humans. Yes. So it is like sometimes we have to remember that the speed does not have to be lightning. Like it can be this real slowness. I, I think that that is exactly what I love the most about those teachings. Um, is and that actually holds true to what we were just talking about, where it's like you need to slow down so much further. Then you think you're already slowing like it's <laughs> above and beyond um, because even when we think we're being slow in a human way it we still need to slow down so much further from there um, so having those opportunities to really tune in better to our vibration and just like what we're bringing to every situation because usually it's really fast mm -hmm. um, so uh, you know, getting those opportunities is so healing on every, on every level, especially our poor frazzled nervous systems these days. So, yeah. 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 And it just brings back to me again, something you said at the very beginning about, um, when we were talking about the elements in nature and the rhythms of nature. And you were saying, let, uh, you know, you said, let the moon and the sun and the plants, like let them take the lead so that we can let them guide us through. And what yeah. was coming to my mind in that was that this is also how we come back into our role as part of nature is by letting, um, letting these other aspects of nature speak to that wild part of ourselves um, and reminding that part to, to move at that pace um, or that connection. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. To, I think about it like because it's so ingrained in everything in our in the way we engage in our worlds in the language we use in our words you know even about nature you know in the in the webster dictionary like nature is all things that do not involve humans like we are not a part of nature you know right. and so um, you know when we think the depth of separation that we're working with here i mean it's it's so deeply profound and so um, you know, just really, it, it feels important in what's happening currently that, that we might involve, um, 
you know, that we might allow some other types of energies to front, to lead, to like not always be pushing our human agenda on everything all the time. Mm -hmm. And that slowness is part of that, like inviting in that slowness, um, you know, that that things things feel really urgent and they are, but we also like we, there has to be that that slowness there too. So we're acting with purpose. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, acting with purpose. Great. Well, thank you, Kendra. Um, before I close up, is there any, do you have any final words you'd like to say or? Thank you all for sharing your time with me on whatever, um, it looks like most of you are having gorgeous weather. Um, just thank you so much for, for your attention and love and holding the space with me and just being able to use some of those basic practices. Um, coming back to your centers and, uh, and just tuning in right now, um, tuning into the ground that is there and breathing into this ground, um, despite sort of some of the, the unground and the, the ups and downs that we're all facing these days. So thank you. Thank you, Kendra. And thank you again to all of you who joined us today or who listened to this recording later. Um, I want to remind you if you'd like to learn more about Kendra's work or she has an incredible online class called Earth Heart Earth Psyche. You can find this at her website, Kendra Ward. Again, that's W-A-R-D.com. And I invite you to join us next month for our teleseminar on October 17th, which is Growing Home, Reclaiming the Sacred Garden. And that's with Aaron O'Neill. Aaron, um, I kind of wish we actually had you both on at the same time because I feel that you both resonate so well and just speak this love of earth and divine mother. And um, so Aaron's just an amazing um, woman with magic, magic green fingers that can make anything grow. So mm -hmm. I think you'll really enjoy that one. Um, Again, you'll be able to find this recording as well as all of our other teleseminars on our website, natureevolutionaries.com, as well as on Spotify and iTunes. And on our website, you can find some articles that were written by Kendra, including uh, a really beautiful one that just spoke so dearly to my heart called The Disobedience of Feral Things. So please check that out. And while visiting our website, of course, I ask you to please press that donate button. Your donations help us to continue to do our work of creating educational opportunities and listening to and building relationship with the living earth. And we are in the process of creating some really incredible opportunities for next year. And so your donations will help us make them even more magical. And as we head into this time of balance, I invite you to hold a gratitude ceremony for roots. Uh, we have inspiration on how to do this on our website, as well as um, including instructions and gorgeous videos. And we'd love, or pictures, sorry, we'd love to hear your own experiences with your ceremony. So please check that out. And so until next time, may we pause, take that deep breath in, slow down, and really celebrate the beauty of this world as we dream a new path forward, a new way together. So I wish you all a beautiful day. Thank you. <laughs>